welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Well, this morning I want to talk about a different I am statement. The, the statement for this morning is I am confident. Now, this has been an interesting series. I, I don't know if you like that little, that little fella. He's a very confident-looking little young man, isn't he? Yeah, I thought that was a good picture for confidence. If, if you're like me, this series has kind of been, in some ways, it's been a little bit challenging and a little bit different because there's sort of some, some statements that we do, often, don't, often don't use or talk about or, or um, uh, focus on very much, particularly the last one I shared, which was about being creative and that was a little bit of a, a stretch and a challenge for my creativity too in, in kind of looking at that but have you ever been in the kind of situation where uh, you've had to fake it? <laughs> I don't know about you, have you ever heard that saying fake it till you make it? Sometimes that's a, a useful statement isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I hope that wasn't the case last week. <laughs> Maybe you've been in like something like a job interview. Job interview is a great place to fake it till you make it, isn't it? I remember a few job interviews that I've been in and they kind of, you know, you, you're sitting there and you, you've tried to prepare for whatever questions they might throw at you and then they throw something really weird at you or they say, you know, now why do you want to work for our company? You know, and you're like, well, I don't think that, uh, you know, needing a steady income is the answer that they're looking for here, so <laughs> I've got bills, I need a job, no, uh, and, and so you start coming up, oh, you know, I love the values of this company, or I like this or like that, or you try to come up with something, don't you? You know, or the, or the great one, you know, tell us why you're the best person for this job. <laughs> how would I know that? <laughs> you won't tell me who the other applicants are, so how do I know if I'm the best person? But you make something up, don't you? You go, oh, you know, I'm going to contribute so much and, you know, you say something and you, you tell them you can handle it and that's right, oh yeah, absolutely, Microsoft Word, I know all the Microsoft Words, you know. <laughs> um, or, you know, you, you go into some sort of uh, awkward social situation or something like that and you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do, you know, you walk into a place you've never been before, maybe that was you with the first time you came into church. You know, it was kind of like that, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And I remember, because I went to um, Samaritan uh, High St. John's College, it was then, and you, sometimes you'd have to go to a, a Catholic Mass. And I'd grown up in a Pentecostal church. Catholic Mass was something completely foreign to me. And so you just kind of, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, you're just kind of like, you're not really sure what's going on or what you're supposed to do, but you just kind of look around and do what everybody else is doing. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> a few of us. Here's the thing, do you know that when it comes to your relationship with God, you don't ever have to fake it? In those kind of situations that we talked about before, what is it that we're usually faking? It's confidence, isn't it? It's that sense of, you know, I... I, I believe what I'm saying, I know what I'm supposed to do, it's that, it's that confidence, isn't it? And with God, you don't ever have to fake confidence because He's created you to be confident. I'm going to look at a couple of stories this morning about some leaders of Israel. So we're going to look at a couple of Old Testament stories. Uh, first one is Moses and the second one is Joshua. We're going to look at 
a little bit of a contrast between these two people and see how the things that God said to them led them to be either confident or not. So story number one is Exodus chapter 4. I've got it here on the screen or you can follow along on your Bible. So we're starting, this is, this is uh, just leading up to this, we have Moses and he's out in the wilderness, he's given up on being the deliverer for Israel and he's like, nope, that didn't work out, so that's obviously not what I'm supposed to do, so I'm just going to go out here in the desert, I'm going to get married to a, a Midianite woman, I'm going to have some kids and I'm going to be a sheep farmer and that's what I'm going to do. But then he has this, this moment, as we know, don't we, where he sees this curious thing. He sees this bush that's on fire, but it just keeps burning and burning and it doesn't spread. It doesn't start like this bush fire, but it doesn't go out either. He's like, oh, never seen this before. I wonder what's going on. And he goes over and has a look and he has this incredible encounter with God. And God says, hey, when I called you to be the, deli- you know, I I've, I've, have called you to be the deliverer of Israel, you don't get to give up now's the time all right you tried to do it your way in your time and it didn't work but now I'm saying now is my time now now I'm going to go with you it says uh, here in Exodus 4 verse 1 it says but Moses protested again what if they won't believe me or listen to me what if they say the Lord never appeared to you Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied, obviously, I'm a shepherd. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Ah, I think I would too if there was a snake there. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab his tail. And Moses said, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) Oh no, sorry, that was me. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Now the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out again, His hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Yeah, that's not as pleasant as, it's no more pleasant than the first sign really with the snakes. He says, now put your hand back into your cloak. I think I'd be a little bit nervous. I'm like, I don't want this to catch on anything else. But he did. So So Moses put his hand back in and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. That's a little bit of a foreshadowing of what was going to come later on too, wasn't it? But Moses pleaded with the Lord. You think that backed up with all of these amazing miracles that God has just given him this ability to do on command, right? He can, these are things that he can just do, prove himself. You think with this evidence, with God backing him up in this way, he'd be like, yeah, all right, let's go. But what does he say? He says, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. 
I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Anybody relate to that? Yeah, come on, some of you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I I think a lot of us kind of feel that way, don't we? God, you know, who am I to go and talk to that person? You know, I always get my words mixed up. I never know what to say. I always say the wrong thing. And what is, how does God respond? It says, And the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, Go! I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. That sounded fairly definitive there, didn't it? Like, no more excuses, Moses, now it's time to go. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I think probably there's a few of us that can relate to that sentiment too, isn't there? God just surely just send someone else please <laughs> i don't want to do this i don't want you know i don't want to be there i don't want to say that i know you've given me you've counted every one of my arguments and you've you've given me nothing left but just please send someone else i love moses he's such a great character and the lord became angry with moses all right he said you have to say it with a bit of attitude don't you fine Ah, oh, so frustrating, Moses. This is, this is why we know that God is our Father, because he gets frustrated and annoyed with Moses. It's like a dad. <laughs> what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he's on his way to meet you now. He'll be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say and take your shepherd staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Do you notice that God doesn't actually take away Moses' responsibility here? God doesn't actually say, all right, fine, I'll tell, Moses, I'll tell Aaron what to do and Aaron can go and do it. He doesn't actually let Moses off the hook, does he? He says, okay, fine, you know, we'll get Aaron to speak for you, but you have to tell him what to say and you have to go with him and you have to do the stuff with him. I'll tell you what to say because I've called you and if you want to get someone else to do it, well, that's not my plan, but you go ahead and do it. And it's really interesting that, you know, here's this example of Moses who, and it just seems like he really is, is reluctant, isn't he? He's really determined that this is not the thing that he's going to do. He's got every excuse under the sun. And, and even though God gives him every opportunity to be able to step out into this calling with confidence, knowing that God is going to back him up every step of the way, that God is going to give him the words to say, that God is going to determine everything for him and is going to be with him, Still, he makes this decision, you know, whether it's because of his past, whether it's because of his attitude, what, we doesn't really, we're not really told, but he makes this decision to stay in that place of fear, to stay in that place of, I can't do it, to stay in that place of, I'm unqualified, 
to stay in that place of it's all going to be a huge disaster if you send me God, so just please send somebody else. And sometimes I think we make that same choice, don't we? We make that same choice, even though God gives us every reason to be confident, even though God declares, I will be with you, I will put my words in you, my very spirit will be in you, still at times we make that choice to, to operate out of fear, to say, I can't, to say, I'll mess it up, to say, I won't know how to speak, to say, I'll get it wrong. Send somebody else. God calls him to deliver the Israelites out of slavery. And when God instructs him to go to Pharaoh and confront him, there's this, this hesitation, these excuses. He lacks confidence. It's really interesting that um, eventually Moses didn't need Aaron to speak for him anymore, did he? As we read on in the story and as Moses begins to to see things kind of see the way that God backs him up with these miracles and to see that every time God tells him to say something you know or to you know all oh, the frogs are going to come out and there's going to be a plague of this or the sun's going to be blotted out and God does it and he gets this confidence and it's only really the first couple of times that they go to Pharaoh that we read that Aaron goes and speaks for him and then it's like after that Moses begins to catch on and he begins to grow in this confidence and he begins to see things, doesn't he? And this, is, this is part of the reason why our testimonies are so important. Why when God does amazing, miraculous stuff that we talk about it with one another because we build faith when we see God doing things. We encourage ourselves when we talk about stuff, when we remind ourselves and we, we give God praise and glory for the, the miraculous stuff that he's done in our lives, the provision, the protection, healings, all the kind of stuff that God does. When we talk about it, it builds our confidence in knowing that God can do that. And if God's done it once, he can do it again. Now, confidence is not bravado confidence is not false bravery confidence is not pride confidence is not arrogance confidence is not just pretending or faking it real confidence comes from knowing that God has your back that he is with you that he is for you that when he gives you something to do that he will help you to do it that he will never leave you, that in every situation and circumstance you go through, you can have confidence knowing that no matter what happens, God will be there with you. That's what confidence is. All right, let's read story number two. This is, a, this is Joshua. Now, who was Joshua? Who can tell me who Joshua was? Nobody? Well, it's just as well we're reading the story then, isn't it? Joshua was one of the two spies, along with Caleb, awesome man of God and great name, uh, who spied out the land under Moses when they came out of slavery in Egypt. Joshua and Caleb were the two out of the 12 that came back and said, hey, there's giants in this land, but this is an amazingly fertile land. This is an amazingly prosperous land, and God is going to give it to us, and we are awesomely blessed. The other 10 said, Ah, oh, there's giants, we're going to get smushed. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> slightly, slightly, that was the gist of it, yeah. 
and, and so Joshua then became, Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of that entire generation of people, an entire nation that made it into the promised land. Because of their faithfulness, because they believed and took God at his word, because they had the confidence to say, if God said it, I believe it, let's do it. God honored them, God blessed them, God preserved them through their wandering and they made it into the promised land along with the next generation that was raised up ready to obey. And Joshua became the leader of the nation after Moses. So Joshua succeeded. So we're going to pick up right at the beginning of the book of Joshua. You can read this more. Joshua is a great book to read if you like battles and blood and guts. Read it to your boys. (laughs) Great bedtime stories. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. He wasn't, uh, wasn't like an immaculate conception or anything. He actually had parents. They were just named Nun, just clarifying that in case you're wondering. Uh, Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. What an awesome promise that is. Wouldn't you like that when you're going into like to to take over the country that God has given you. No one will be able to conquer you. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God assured Joshua when it came time for Joshua to step up into that mantle of leadership. That's an intimidating thing. It is not an easy thing. I know that he'd been sort of groomed and apprenticed and he would have been trained and taught about all the the kind of stuff, but stepping up into that place of leadership is not an easy thing to do. But God came to him, God spoke to him and assured him that just as he was with Moses, so he will be with Joshua. Joshua unlike Moses particularly at the beginning with that call as God called Joshua Joshua took God at his word didn't he and we'd already established like that was the kind of man that Joshua was that was his character if God says it I believe it let's go do it and so Joshua took that on and under his leadership 
the, the Israelites went in and, and occupied the, the land that God had promised them. They went in and received that inheritance and the, the stuff that God had promised to them. Now, saying that Joshua had confidence that God would do what he said he would do, does that mean he never had any moments of doubt? Well, we're not really told about too much in terms of that aspect, but we've got to remember he is human after all. <laughs> I suspect that um, the, cause when they first came into, the, into Canaan, into this, this land that God had promised them, the very first, what was the very first city that they came up against? Jericho, that's right. A massive city with huge, impregnable, thick stone walls a city that seemed unconquerable and I'm sure that there was just this little moment of in in Joshua's mind if he's human of probably going all right God how are we going to do this one (laughs) this you know I know that nothing's impossible for God but you know if anything is this one sure looks like it (laughs) and I think that maybe just maybe he might have had a little moment there. <laughs> I know I probably would have had a little moment there. You're the person in charge of leading this nation in occupying this new, you know, country, and the first city you come up with seems absolutely impossible. Now, after Jericho, I would think his confidence might a little bit have been a little bit sturdier. <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, up until they all got smashed at AI, but that's, that's a whole other story altogether. <laughs> but as children of God, we have this same promise that God is with us, don't we? We have a promise that God is for us and not against us, that He is with us, that He will never leave us, He will never give up on us, He will never abandon us, He will never walk away and say, that's it, I'm done with you. He says, I'm committed, I'm in it forever and ever, no matter what you do, I'm here, uh, I'm, I'm going through it with you. Whatever you go through, I'm going through it with you. Might not always work out the way that you want it to work out, but I've got a plan and I'm orchestrating things and I am uh, setting things up to make sure that they are going to work out ultimately for your good and for His glory. Yeah? Because God has my back, I am confident. Now this is something that at times we might feel more than other times, isn't it? How many of you always feel confident in every situation? Oh, there's not a lot of hands down. <laughs> Sometimes we, we declare this by faith and not by feeling, don't we? By faith and not by sight. Sometimes we don't have to feel confident to declare, to remind ourselves and say, because God is with me, I'm confident. Because God has promised never to leave me, I can declare that I have confidence. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. Paul's writing to Timothy, who's a leader of a church, a young man. He's leading a church. I kind of relate to Timothy a little bit. And so a lot of, a lot of times I get a lot out of what Paul writes to Timothy. But he writes and he says, I remind, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. 
Some of you are singing songs in your head right now, I know. <laughs> you can be confident that if God has given you something to do, that if God has called you to something, He is going to enable you to do it. We don't have to walk in that fear, but we can walk in confidence that God will do what He said He would do. If God calls you to speak, you can be confident that He will give you the words to say. If God calls you to give sacrificially, uh, you can be confident that He will provide for you. If God calls you to go, you can be confident that He will open the doors and that He will accomplish His purposes through you when you go. You are called to be a child of God and to walk in the confidence that comes from knowing that you are a child of God. Do you ever see... um, Who's a who's a, a royal watcher? Who watches? Who who's pays attention? Not I mean I'm not particularly, but every now and again, you know, you ever see the royal family? You look at even like the kids of the royal family. They kind of have a confidence about them, don't they? <laughs> it kind of is probably something that comes with. Um, having people waiting on you, having people listening to what you say and doing the things that you ask them to do and all that sort of stuff that comes with that life of privilege. But when you know that you are valued, when you know that you have worth, when you know that your dad is a person of position and authority and power, that kind of gives you a little bit of confidence, doesn't it? Sometimes I think we need to remember who our dad is. What would you pray for if you knew that God would answer? That's an interesting question, isn't it? If you knew absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that God would, would, would answer your prayer... Would, would it change some of the things that we pray for? Would we stop and think a little bit more about um, our, our priorities? What would you talk about, uh, sorry, who would you talk about Jesus with if you knew that they would respond? Who would you share the gospel with if you knew that they would accept? And you knew um, that God would work in that person's life? What would you stop worrying about if you knew that God had it all under control and He was going to work everything out and it was going to all turn out good? Here's one of the things that Jesus told His disciples in Mark chapter 16. Some of you know the Great Commission and we often quote that from Matthew 28 when Jesus said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize people. But in Mark, we read uh, a little bit uh, of a slightly different perspective on this great commission that Jesus gave his disciples. And I just want to kind of read a couple of verses here. Mark 16, uh, verse 15. It says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. We know that bit, don't we? Verse 17, it says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name 
They will speak in new languages or new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And verse 20, it says, And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Here's the thing. The disciples took Jesus at his word. They said, oh, Jesus told us that as we go out and preach the gospel, that these miraculous signs are going to accompany us. This is going to be a part of our everyday normal life. Sick people are going to get healed. People who can't walk are going to be healed and they're going to start walking. You know, if, if, if stuff hap- dangerous stuff happens like Paul on the, the Isle of Malta and he gets bitten by a poisonous snake and he just shakes it off into the fire and no harmful effects. He didn't didn't go out like trying to play with the snake or anything. Let's not get the wrong message here. But but God protected him from harm because he was going out and doing the work of God and trusting that as he did his part, that God would do what he said he was going to do. That as he went out and talked about this Jesus who can heal people, that Jesus was going to heal people. That as they went out and said, God can forgive you of your sins and give you peace with God and His Spirit can come and live in you and do amazing things in your life and transform you from the inside out. God did it. And there's this amazing confidence that comes when we take God at His word and we step out in faith and we say, well, if God told me this was what was going to happen, I'm going to trust that that's what's going to happen. And and if God calls me to do this and I'm going to trust that He's going to enable me and equip me and that God's going to back me up. We have that same promise that wherever we go, that God will be with us. If we chose to live every day like we knew that God was with us everywhere and all the time, would our life look any different? I think that they might be a little. I want to encourage you this morning with this. I want to encourage you to remind yourself that God is with you and that you can walk in confidence because you are a child of the King And because God has your back. Let's bow our heads, let's let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, that you always keep your word. You always do what you say you will do. Father, we thank you that you are good and you are for us. Lord, for every single one of us who are here this morning, Lord, if there are areas in our life where fear is holding us back from walking in that call that you have put on our lives, Lord, I pray that you would speak, that you would convict, that you would just instill some of that confidence in us this morning, that we would be reminded of what you have said, that we would be reminded of who you are. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that confidence is something that uh, you struggle with. You know that you have all kinds of 
doubts and, and fears and things that make you question yourself constantly, I want to encourage you to feed yourself on the Word of God and what He says about you. To remind yourself of some of those things, that, that you are the person that God made you to be, that you are not an accident, that you were made with love and care, that your life was planned and thought about, to remind you that you are loved completely, perfectly, without end by the one who knows you intimately and still loves you. To remind you that you have been chosen and adopted into the family of God and that no matter what happens to you, you belong to God. To remind you that God is always with you, that God is for you and not against you. And that this God who promises to be with you is the God who is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or think or imagine. His hand is not short that he cannot heal. He's able to provide for you. He is able to protect you. He is able to strengthen you. He is able to put words in your mouth. He is able to put thoughts in your mind or to take thoughts out of your mind. He is able to bring light into dark places. He is able to speak truth into falsehood and lies. He is the God who can do the impossible. This is your Father. This is the one who stands beside you and walks beside you. This is the one who strengthens your arm and lifts you up. believe that God wants to encourage you this morning to walk in confidence, that God wants to speak to you and say, you are my son, you are my daughter. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. We pray that you would give us wisdom, that you would help us to be, you would bring these things to our mind as we go through this week. Lord, that you would be, your spirit would be speaking into our hearts and reminding us, calling us to walk in that confidence and to know that you would do what you said you would do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.com. Bethel Family Church on Facebook.